just knowing it took me conservatively 13 years to get here, <laughs> it's not going to take one day to, to erase it all, you know? And so that's also what I tell clients like, Oh, you worked eight weeks to lose 20 pounds. Well, you're not going to, it's not going to take you one day to gain back the 20 pounds. Yep. You know, you're going to notice it. And now you have the tools to fix it. And it's not an all or nothing. Welcome to Hone In with me, Saad Alam. This is a podcast that goes deep into topics that help you live longer and smarter. Each week, we'll deliver science-backed advice from the world's leading experts in nutrition, health, technology, fitness, relationships, and mindset. We cut through the BS to get you real answers and solutions. So let's hone in. All right, well, listen, I'm here with Charlie Curtis. You are one of the few fitness guys that have made it in LA. <laughs> we couldn't be more excited to have you. And, and frankly, it's because you are doing some really interesting things. And from what I can tell, you take incredible care of yourself. I try. Yeah. And thanks for having me. So tell me about the story. How'd you get into fitness? Um, I mean, I've been active my entire life, played sports growing up as a kid, um, but really it was football. I played uh, in high school, had a great high school team down in San Diego. Um, and then I played in college. I played at Georgetown back on the East Coast. Um, and that was my fitness experience growing up was just a pretty good program in high school. So we trained, we, we did a lot of different modalities and was just exposed to a lot of fitness, um, and purposeful fitness. It was for performance. Um, and same in college, you know, taking it up to the next level. And, you know, I moved to LA right after I graduated and was kind of burnt out with all of it. Like it had been a long time of working really hard and took about a year off and felt it, felt it everywhere, just yep. mentally, physically. Um, it was good for a minute and then it was bad. So my reintroduction into fitness was actually right down the street, CrossFit Hollywood. I joined because my now wife went and she's like, this isn't for me, but I think you're gonna love this. And I did, um, found an awesome community. The gym was great and so great that I'm like, I gotta figure out how to make this my life. I had no intention of pursuing fitness as a career. In fact, I was studying for the LSATs and applying to law school. And that kind of changed once I saw this community and the people that run it and the people that were a part of it. And um, so in 2000, early 2011, started kind of piecing together a business plan and trying to figure out how to make it work. And then I opened um, a CrossFit gym downtown LA in 2011. Um, at 25, just, you have no reason not to go for things when you're 25, yep. who cares? And it worked. And I had that until COVID hit. So it was a long run. Um, and you know, I loved every day of it, a lot of work, a lot of ups and downs, but ultimately I kind of knew that that's where I was going to end up. Now there's something that you said that I actually love and it really resonates with me. I dropped out of med school to go a completely different path. And I think what's so interesting about life is so often we think that this is the direction we're supposed to go because this is what our parents did. This is everything that everyone that was successful did. And what you realize is that life is actually just so much more unconventional. Yeah. And I wish I knew that. I wish we were told that when you we were little, <laughs> you know, you're taught like you pick a path early and you just got to stay down that road. And it's not, it's not the case. Um, but you, you just kind of got to learn that as you go. And you had that feeling like when you, and you know that feeling, like once you get that bug and you go to sleep with it, you wake up with it, you're in the shower with it. Yep. 
How did you decide to, because that's a pretty big step. How did you decide to go from, hey, I'm going to put this book down, which probably was boring as all hell, to say, I'm going to go and be a full-time, not even, not even a full-time, not even a trainer, but I'm going to probably take all my life savings and open up my own gym? Yeah, it took everything. Um, I don't know. I You know, you don't have any responsibilities at 24, 25. Um, so it was really just a risk. Um, I think there was something exciting about like, this has to work, yep. you know? Um, it's I don't have a backup plan yet, so this is it. Um, I'm pretty obsessive as, you know, my personality is pretty type A obsessive, so it required all of my attention and there's something I liked about that. Like I could feel every hour of every day thinking about what I need to do for this business. Yep. And, you know, that gets draining as you go, but in the beginning, it's exciting. Um, it's an adrenaline rush. It's, you know, I slept down there to paint walls <laughs> and open things up. And, and so, um, yeah, it was just exciting, an exciting time of life. And again, you've got no one else to really think about. So I had the, the luxury of just being able to go all in and know that if it didn't work, I'd figure it out later. Tell me, how can a guy our age, as we continue to get older, as our bodies are starting to change, how do we actually keep muscle on? You know, I train a lot of clients that are new, getting to the point, maybe a little too late, realizing that they've let things go, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the question is like, what can I do now? And my response is just, you got to start. Mm -hmm. You got to start, you got to have a plan and it's consistency. There's so much out there. There's so many magic pills. There's so many magic formulas and secret sauces that people are trying to market. But at the end of the day, it's about hard work and yep. consistency and having some sort of plan. So, you know, for me, it's making sure that I'm working out at least three days a week. Um, it's making sure that I get enough protein in every day. Even if I'm going to eat like crap the rest of it, I got to get my protein in. Yep. Um, and I got to move. Um, I have two kids. So luckily I move plenty mm -hmm. outside of the gym, but you know, as long as I'm in there three days a week and usually it's more, but at a minimum I'm in there three days a week. Um, I'm moving in the right direction. And that's kind of the thing that I try to tell all of my clients and anyone I talk to is just, you got to start moving in the right direction. It doesn't have to be a zero to 100. There's no secret. There's no getting around hard work, but you just got to keep chipping away at it. When I was younger, I used to like, I used to believe intensity was the most important thing. And if I couldn't be intense in the gym, it wasn't worth it. And I think the conclusion I've come to is my body loves two days on one day off, little cardio on the day off. And if you can't go in and give it your all, it's fine. Yeah. Just go in. Yeah. I mean, CrossFit is as intense as it gets. Mm -hmm. And when I was 25, 30, um, I thrived on that. I wanted to be dead. I wanted to be competing mm -hmm. with myself and probably more importantly with other people in there um, and pushing to the max. And it was great. And my body responded well to that at the time. But I'm in just as good of shape, aesthetically, maybe better shape just being more calculated and more consistent and knowing that I can be more intuitive with my body and feeling my body. Um, so it doesn't have to be that back breaking your sore for five days workout. You can still get just as good of results being consistent and just going in and doing it, you know? So for someone that's just getting started, right? You, 
they don't know anything about their body. They're going in, they're just doing the move, they're going through the motions. But you actually said something that's really important and you only know it if you know your body, which is you know when to push it, when not to push it. And you said you actually feel how your what your body's feeling. What does that mean? It means if I'm too sore to move, I don't move that day. If I feel really good and I got a good night's sleep and my energy is high, I push a little harder that day. Um, so I just kind of give my body what it's giving me every day. So certainly there's days I don't feel like going to the gym and I still force myself to do it, but I kind of push within reason every single day. And those, those days look different. Some days I'm able to push at to a hundred other days. The most I can give is 70 yep. and I don't go beyond that because then I'm going to pay for it the next day. And then the next day will be 70 instead mm-hmm. of just doing what I can, recovering, even taking a day off is not the end of the world, a couple days off, um, and just doing what I can every day. So I noticed you got a whoop on your wrist over there. Yeah. How, how often do you actually take that seriously? I use it for my sleep. Um, I'm big on sleep. I'm big on manipulating whatever I can to get a better sleep. Uh, so I stare at that thing in the morning for 30 minutes and I click through and I see when I was awake and when I was sleeping. So I use it for sleep. I don't use it as much for fitness. Um, sometimes if I'm going to go on a run, I tore my Achilles maybe eight months ago. Um, so that I haven't been running, but when I did run, um, I would use it to track distances and stuff like that. But it's mostly for me for sleep. It's funny. I always tell people that too. They say, what does your root tell you? And I said, it's actually, I use my whoop, my aura to tell me how I sleep. And this really just tells me how bad of an athlete I now am at this point in time. <laughs> yep. What do you do? To, what's your, what's your sleep routine? Cause I'm pretty obsessed with mine too. Um, well, I got to get eight. I have to be in bed for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Now I don't always fall asleep right away or wake up, or, but I have to be planned to be in bed for eight hours. Um, that's a pretty big non-negotiable, um, which, you know, for my wife sometimes means we're not watching a show in bed, or what, you know, but she gets it. And um, the other thing I've been doing for maybe six months now is sauna before bed. Um, so I don't know, maybe an hour and a half before I'm in bed, I'll go in there for 15 minutes. I'll hop in the pool for two or three minutes to cool back off, back in the sauna for 15, and then shower bed. And I'm guessing this is a barrel sauna? I have, it's still a traditional sauna. It's a four person box. Yeah. Let's say I'm 45 years old. I'm going to start tomorrow and I have not been taking care of myself for a significant period of time. What's the first step? This is what I tell everyone and what I start everyone on is you got to get 15 sets per week per body part. So we've got six. We have chest, back, bias, tries, shoulders, legs. Um, you got to get 15 sets per week, which you can break up however you want. So that could be a full body day, three days a week. It can be any split that you want. It could be a, a push pull split, uh, whatever you want, but you get 15 sets in and those 15 sets need to be hard, like 90% effort. So we're not going to failure, but you're working, uh, rep range doesn't matter too much in the beginning. Just pick a rep a movement, a weight you like, and work hard for 15 sets a week and eat your body weight and protein. So you weigh 200 pounds, eat 200 grams of protein. And if you can start there and be consistent there, that's enough of a base to fine tune. But that alone will get you so far 
And it's what I default to when I want to just kind of stop thinking about a program and just stay consistent. That's kind of what I default to. Um, and all of my clients, especially ones that haven't done anything or are really deconditioned, that gets them so many results pretty quickly. Yep, always. And it's not rocket science. It's doesn't matter the movements. It could be a, a gym that has every machine imaginable. You pick a few. It can be at home with dumbbells and a kettlebell. It could be with bands, whatever it is. You can find a few movements for each body part, get your sets in, and you're good. And it's not a lot of volume. You got to work hard during your sets, but it's not going to take you forever. It's not going to destroy you. You're not going to be so sore you can't walk. And there's room to, to kind of create your own program and do what you like. I mean, so much of a routine is finding things that are hard and beneficial, but you also enjoy doing. It can't be everything. It's, you know, some people hate doing squats or whatever it is. You got to do some things you don't like, but there's room for you to find the things that you enjoy doing every day. What are, what are, what's your default? If you're, you can all, I'm actually, let's say, let me say it differently. I'm only giving you three exercises to do. What are you going to go to? Um, I'm probably going to do an incline bench press. Okay. Um, I am going to do, I would never say lunges, but because it's been a month where I can start training legs again, mm -hmm. I'm into lunges. So I'm going to take those. Uh, and then for shoulders, I love doing some lateral raises. Yep. Lateral dumbbell raises. Um, yeah, I'd say those are my three at the moment. Mm -hmm. And have you started doing blood flow restriction training by any chance? So I have done it. Um, I don't do it regularly. Um, I don't love it. I see the benefit of it. I like lifting heavy things. Mm -hmm. So one of the benefits of the blood flow restriction is you can go really, really lightweight yep. and still get the same results. So that part is great. And traveling, uh, vacation work, whatever, it could be a great tool. Um, I like the feeling of lifting heavy things. Uh, and it's not really possible when you start restricting blood flow to, to move around some heavy weights. But I have done it. I do it periodically, especially accessory stuff, curls and arm stuff. But. Now, what about, so your clients come to you, right? 45 years old. First thing you're going to say to me is, hey, I want you to do 15 sets. That's it. It's really easy to get started. Yep. Now, the next question is you're going to say, well, Charlie, what about cardio? Like, how much should I get? Should I jump on a treadmill? Should I do jumping jacks? I'm not as intensive as you. There's a difference in cardio for weight loss and cardio for cardiovascular health, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of cardio, you absolutely need to do. You need to go walk. You need to go play around. You need to do a sport, something physical and active to keep your heart healthy. But in terms of cardio for weight loss, it doesn't have to be for you, and it's not a, a, an essential. Right. You can diet your way around cardio for weight loss. So it's kind of what pick your poison. If you prefer to diet, great. If you would rather go run for an hour so you can eat a little more, that works too. Is there like a science to this or do I just stop or do I just say if I eat a little bit less every single day, I'm going to lose weight? There is a science, um, but our bodies are so different. Everyone's so different. So you can, and there's a million kind of BMR calculators online. And that's a good starting point. You put in your, your height, weight, age, gender, it'll spit out a number. That's mm -hmm. a rough estimate. So I usually have clients track what they're eating for a day. Don't change anything. Just track it. 
and then we're going to weigh every day and see what happens. Um, from there, we can make a cut and then see how our body responds. So there is a number at which you, any person will lose weight. It's going to be less than they're burning. Now, mm-hmm. people have different metabolisms, so I can't, t- you know, you and I aren't going to burn the same number of calories every day. Uh, we're not going to burn the same number of calories during our workouts, but there is a number at which you will lose weight and there's a number at which I will lose weight. And it's just a matter of figuring that out. So there is a little trial and error and playing around with it, but you only know that by tracking and just kind of playing around with things. Um, so you, there, there is a science to it, but outside of going and having, I don't know, your metabolism tested or being monitored, you just have to trial and error and track. You know, it's so interesting, right? Guys always come to us and they say, what are you taking? Or what are you doing? And I was like, listen, you got to realize my body is going to react completely differently than your body. Like, here's the reality, right? My macros are 225 protein, 80 carbs, and 50 fats. The reality is once you try that, it's going to be completely different for you. And then on top of it too, my body's constantly changing. And so what I'm putting in my body has to actually change over the course of time, depending on what I want to do with it. And so they go, that feels like a lot of work. I said, it's a lot of work at the beginning because it's a new habit that you're learning how to form. But once you get into the habit, all of a sudden you start looking at food very quickly and knowing exactly what's in it. Yep. Or approximately, right? And then you start saying to yourself, well, if I have three meals today and they kind of look like this, I know I'm going to hit my macros. And then once you get there, you realize, well, if I just pull out there to subtract it or increase my cardio a little bit or increase how much I'm training, all of a sudden my body will start to morph and change. Yep. How long did it take you to figure out how to do that? I mean, it was really when I started trying to get protein in and nothing else, just more protein that I noticed a big change in my body. Mm -hmm. And it was a combination of things. One, I had more protein in there, but also when you eat more protein, you're more full and you're more satisfied. So if every meal has some protein in it, well, you're going to eat less of the other stuff. And even just prioritizing, you have a dinner, you have a steak, potatoes, whatever else. If you eat the steak first, Mm-hmm. you're going to be more full and not finish everything else. And so really prioritizing that, not even worrying about numbers, but prioritizing my protein every meal, every day, um, made a huge difference. And then just, you know, you can get as nitty gritty as you want on terms of how much you're getting and what, when you're spacing it out. But, you know, my goal is I try to get 300 grams of protein every day. Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot, but I'm in the habit of reaching for, just before I came here, I had a package of sliced turkey. That was my snack. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't thinking I needed to just eat that for a certain number of prote- protein grams or calories, but that's just what I reached for because it's habit. And I like it. And so now I'm in a habit of reaching for protein snacks. And... You know, it's not that it's 50 grams six times a day, which, you know, between protein shakes and meals, like it's not impossible if you plan for it and you've created this habit of doing mm-hmm. it, you know. Do you have like a, so I have like a very specific routine for how I get my protein in and I've fine-tuned it so I love it. Yeah, I'm how, do you, how do you get 300 in? That's <laughs> a lot. I do a protein shake in the morning with Athletic Greens and uh, there's 50 grams. Hold on, is there a specific kind of protein? I use Ascent. Okay, I've tried Ascent. Um, and it's two scoops. It's 50 grams. There's maybe five or something in the athletic greens. I don't know, but it's roughly 50. Um, and I will do one of those later in the day. Same thing. So there's 100. 
I will do a carton of egg whites, mm-hmm. which is 50. Um, I will do at some point during the day, it kind of depends on my schedule too, when I eat, but this is the stuff I eat. I will eat um, a pound of lean ground beef twice a day. Hold on. One pound, split it. So eight, eight ounces and eight ounces? No, two pounds total. Oh my God. That's yeah. so much. That's but a one, meal. One pound at a time. Yep. Okay. And that's a meal. I put it in a bowl. I put hot sauce on it. And I love it. I put taco seasoning in there. I do love taco seasoning on ground beef. I love we it. do it all the time. And so I tell people, well, this is what I do. And mm-hmm. I think it's crazy, but it's also something that I love. Um, and so there's my protein right there. And that gives me, you know, 150, 253. That's at least 300 grams of protein, mm-hmm. which is only 1,200 calories. Yep. So now my, usually my daily calorie intake is about 2,500. So I still have another 1,200 to do whatever I want. Whatever. And so maybe that sides with one of those. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's going to get ice cream with the kids. Maybe it's going out to eat, whatever. But I've at least hit my protein quota for the day. And I still have so much extra for whatever I want. And that's kind of, that's basically how I diet all the time. Is like I get the important things in. I'm going to stay under my calories and I'm going to get my protein. Um, the rest, I do whatever. Now, another thing too, right? 45. All of a sudden, I just start doing my 15 reps per week. I work my way up. I'm working with you. Then all of a sudden, I get my diet right. I get my cardio right. We have this tendency to overtrain sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Which is the normal part of learning how to kind of like have your body perform. And you're saying to yourself, I, you know what? I want to go seven days a week. There's seven days in the week. I want to train seven days a week. What happens at that point? So that's when I tell people to go find a new hobby. <laughs> go play golf. Mm-hmm. Go be active. Go play pickleball. Go play tennis. Go do something active that's getting you towards your goal. But you can't be in the gym every day. Just like yep. you can't be golfing every day. You can't be doing anything every single day. You burn out. Your body burns out. Mentally, you burn out. And for fitness... It's easy to become obsessive, but on the other end of that obsession is usually the opposite. Or now you're done. You're burnout. You're spent. And now all that work is now completely reversed because you've just, you're done. You've, you're spent. So I have, most of my private clients are on a four or five day a week. If I program for them, that's their in the gym time, four or five days a week. And if they want more, that's when they can go spin. They can go cycle. They can go do their cardio. They can do anything else. But um, I don't really give it as an option to do more because that's too much. Um, so while 15 reps would be on the low end or 15 sets per week on the low end, the upper end is usually 20, maybe 25 if you're a really conditioned athlete. I mean, I generally oh, am at 20 sets per week and that's it. And, you know, with my diet, I can manipulate how I look and how I perform, but I'm still getting stronger. I can still put on muscle if I want. I can still lean out if I want just at 20 sets. And I'm not in there every day. I'm in there four days a week. Um, So hold on. Five, you can get to the way you look five sets per day. Yeah. Five sets per muscle group per day. Five sets per, that makes more sense. So what if you're doing two muscle groups? Is it So like right now I came off of hard work for about eight weeks. So the last three weeks I've been doing full body. Mm-hmm. So I'll do one leg movement, one chest, back, bice, tries, shoulders. 
So six different muscle groups. I'll do four sets of each muscle group. So maybe it's leg extensions. I'll do four sets of leg extensions. Today I did dumbbell incline. I did reverse curls. I did lateral raises. I did tricep pull downs. And I do four sets of each movement. That's it. I do one big circuit. I go through all six movements four times and I'm done. And I work hard on those. I'll get a warm up on things like bench press or squats if it's something heavy. Um, but my working sets are just four per muscle group. And it takes me anywhere, if, you know, if I'm not distracted or watching TV or YouTube or something, I can be out of there in 30, 40 minutes. Yep. Yeah. I remember when I was younger and I was, was really absolutely obsessed. We go in for like two hours. Yeah two and a half hours and we always used to think more is more is more and you realize no more is actually not more because the guys that were really good in our gym they were out in 30 minutes yep come in 30 hard minutes and they actually their bodies changed faster than ours yep and what you really realize it's because they were going home and they're putting in the work which is eating right yep i think that's one great thing that crossfit kind of brought to the table is you can go to a 30 minute workout Work really hard. Be gassed. You're gassed. You're done. And you're out of there. Mm-hmm. And you still got to figure out all the other stuff. You still got to sleep right. You still got to eat right. But your fitness portion does not have to be two and a half hours in the gym. I mean, I think anyone that's gone to the gym has done that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing a chest day. I have to do every machine that is related to my chest until I'm smoked and I've been in here two and a half hours. Yep. And it just doesn't require that, you know? And I've learned that as I've gotten older and I feel great and knock on wood, all my sports playing have have no injuries, so to speak, from that recurring things. Um, But still, everything is just achy sometimes. And and so I want to be as efficient as possible. I don't want to be in there over training my body. I don't want to be overly sore. I don't want to be incapacitated because I did too much. I want to feel better and still keep progressing. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at is how can I be efficient? How can I be good to my body? How can I keep doing this forever? Um, and it just doesn't take that much. It doesn't take two hours, you know, and that's kind of what I tell anyone I train is like, if they're in person, we're there for an hour and we get plenty, you don't need to go back later. We're done. Um, people I do programming for, I tell them you cannot be in there more than an hour and 15 minutes. And I'm giving you a little extra because maybe you need to figure out where things are or how to set up your station, but you should be in and out of there. How do you decide to come up with a program for someone, right? Like The magic, so to speak, is from consistency and having a plan, more so than what the plan is. Hmm. So you going in and picking any random movement and just being consistent with that movement and tracking your weights is more important than some magical combination of, you know, all these fancy different movements or these created movements. Someone, it's just the consistency and having weights written down, reps written down, so that you can progress. You know, we progressive overload is is one way to get into hypertrophy, building muscle. And if you're just guessing on your weights every time you go in, you can't really progressively overload that muscle group because you don't know what weight you used last time or you're not pushing for an extra rep than you did last time. So writing it down and having a plan is, I mean, there's 90% of your results right there. Now, if you're training for a bodybuilding competition or you're a power lifter and you're going to go compete, 
that's different. You need to work different rep ranges and different loads. But for the average person, writing down what you did last time and just trying to do more the next time, that alone is going to get you so much further, so much faster. Um, and that can be doing the same weight you did last week, but one more rep, mm-hmm. or it can be doing the same reps you did last week. Just add a two and a half on each side, you know, just progressively getting and pushing a little harder. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. It's literally, did I put quarters on the side last, last week? And now all of a sudden I'm a quarters and a dime on the side. Yep. And that's it. Yep. And knowing it because so many people go in and it's like, what do I feel like doing? Yes. And again, that's still great. It's better than not going in at all. But to really just push it to the next level, you're already there. You're already doing the work. So just in your phone, take a little notepad and write down what you did, what weight you used, how many reps. It's that easy. Um, And so the next time you go in, instead of just doing what you feel like and skipping over legs because you didn't feel like it and you always forget legs, you have it written down. Last time I did leg press with, you know, 445s on there. Well, now I'm going to do leg press with 445s and 10s. And like just knowing what you have to do gives you a little motivation. Um, It reinforces the habit. If you're getting stronger and doing more reps or more weight, it's more fun. Like to see that progression um, is fun and motivation, you know, to keep going. I feel like you just gave us your secret. Yeah. Right. That's it. And that's, you know, I'm just kind of wrapping up an eight-week cycle with a bunch of remote people that I program for. And I tell them going in, like, it's not rocket science. <laughs> like, I'm not a genius. I've done this a long time. I don't have some secret formula. This is just the basics. And I'm also not trying to sell you some magic potion. Like, the idea is that anyone can do this with just a few basic guidelines and tools. And it's not, you know, it's on the individual to work hard and be consistent. And that's really where the magic is. You know, it's, it's not anything secret or proprietary. It's, it's just... That's it. It's pretty basic. It's so, I guess the thing that gives me so much joy hearing your story is you decided to leave what is a more traditional path. You followed your passion. But then, more importantly, and this is what I tell people too when people ask me what my biggest accomplishment has been, it's been designing a life that I actually fundamentally love. Yeah. Right. Like you said, your kids are working out with you two days a week. How it's, amazing is that? It's the best. Um, I love it. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it just goes kind of the things you wanted as a kid. You kind of recreate for the now times and you try to give that to them. And so, you know, I want to be home when they get home from school. I want to have the time and flexibility to go do whatever they want to do or what we do together. And on top of the fact that I just love working out and fitness stuff, it, I actually enjoy it. It's just so good for you. So being able to provide that in a fun environment that I can introduce them to young and something make it fun for them um, and not a do or die thing because they need it for health reasons or they've let themselves go. But just like, hey, this isn't about weight loss. This, this is about just like we can go move and have fun and like be getting better doing something healthy. I just I'm grateful that I've have the ability to do that with them. I mean, here's the reality. You fall off probably regularly. Yeah. Is that like a true statement? Yep. How do you get yourself back there? Just knowing it took me conservatively 13 years to get here, <laughs> it's not going to take one day to, to erase it all. You know, and so that's also what I tell clients. Like, oh, you worked eight weeks to lose 20 pounds. Well, 
you're not going to, it's not going to take you one day to gain back the 20 pounds. Yep. You know, you're going to notice it. And now you have the tools to fix it. And it's not an all or nothing. Um, you know, I do with my diet plans for all of my clients, we have a weekly average. So I give you 2000 calories a day. Well, really I'm giving you 14,000 a week. So you want to spend 4,000 on Monday. Well, you just have to make that up. Now you only have 10 for the rest of the week. So in general, big picture, everything's like that. It's a weekly, yearly, monthly, whatever average of the work you've done. So if you're better on most days, on more days than you are terrible, then you're moving in the right direction. Um, so it's just kind of a law of averages. Like don't, don't be a person that screws up once and then screws up again for the next week. Be a person that screws up once and then fixes it and makes up for it the rest of the week. And so I kind of try to take that approach. Let's go with a week. Average out. Be good. Be perfect over a week. Not perfect on any one day or perfect on any one meal, but be perfect over the course of a week. And you have some flexibility in there to outperform and underperform. But overall, it should average out to being perfect. That's so interesting that when you zoom out and you realize one day doesn't ruin the whole week, it changes your entire mindset, right? Because it's really like... 16% of your entire week. And if you mess it up and you didn't mess up the whole day, you yeah. messed up part of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing. It's like, if you think of it just to be easy calories, you go over 700 calories one day. Well, if you break that out over a week, it's a hundred a day. You can cut out a hundred a day, right? That's nothing. That's a three bites of something, but 700 feels like a lot. And you're like, Oh shit. Well now I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like I might as well, Start again next Monday because this week's done. It's like, no, no, no. It's you don't really have to change anything else. Get back on track. Make a few little adjustments every day for a week and you're good. You're right back to where you should be. And so it's just important for people to know that it's it's a long road to get there and a long road for you to fall off. It's not one day. It's that, a, it's that might like be one of the most insightful things that I've heard, <laughs> right? Because we all beat ourselves up so much when we fall off that one day. Yep. Well, I got to tell you, the story is amazing. The fact that you turned your career around, you've decided to go all in on what you absolutely love. And I think that the message, right, the punchline is just get started, be consistent. Yep. And listen, don't beat yourself up if you aren't for a little bit, just jump right back on. Yeah. And if you are consistent, you'll eventually get there. Yep. Yep. It's something is better than nothing. Hard, you can't out, you know, hard work is something you just can't get around. You got to have to work hard. Um, but it can be anything. Go give yourself 30 minutes to work hard. Be consistent at 30 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever you have to give, push yourself, work hard. You've, I've never left the gym feeling worse than when I walked in and I've trained thousands yep. and thousands of people. I've never once seen someone leave thinking, huh, I really wish I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty pissed that I came to, no, that doesn't happen. So, you know, you can know that with certainty that you will leave your gym fitness workout session feeling better than when you started and just be consistent. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent all the time. Just consistency over the long run will get you there. I feel like your other statement though is true a hundred percent of the time. I've never gone to the gym, even if it's for 10 minutes and said, God damn it. Why did I do that? Yep. Maybe the only thing is I wish I could have more than 10 minutes, Yep. but never, if I only have 10, I'm just giving 10 and I'm getting back out. 
I do this often is I'll be pretty close to skipping a workout and I always say I'm going to do one set. And that one set generally always leads to the full workout because yep. you get started and I, all right, that's right. This is my spot. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I finish it. But I always, I never leave without doing just one. And sometimes I do one and leave, but most of the time it's like, all right, I know why I'm doing this. Let's keep it going. I feel like I create this weird mental block about why I can't go work out that day. And when I just get there, get my first set in, I was like, wait, wait. It's gone. It, magically. Wait, what, what, why did I do this? Yeah. 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 Well, listen, Charlie, we are, we're grateful that you came here. We thank you so much. I know a lot of the guys are going to be so incredibly excited for the fact that it's not that hard to get started. And don't make it harder than it needs to be. You know, you know, easy. Great. Well, Charlie, listen, like I said, grateful to have you on, man. Well, thanks for having me. That was fun. Great chatting. Same here. Hey, guys, thanks for listening into this episode of Hone In. If you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe. And hey, if you have a minute, drop a comment below with your biggest learning, your insights, your takeaways from this conversation. I would personally love to hear from you. Tune in each week for more answers to questions, solutions to problems, and tangible advice that you can apply to your life to live smarter, stronger, and longer. One more thing before you guys leave. This is important. The Honan Podcast is intended as general information. Our purpose is to educate, inspire, and support you as you live a healthier, longer life. The use of information on this podcast is not, and I repeat, not, intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, medical, or mental health professional. And it should not serve as diagnosis or treatment. If you are suffering from a psychological or a mental health condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. Thank you so much for listening to us.